0: In this presentation we will take a look at a table which will provide an overview of the American Opportunity Tax Credit. This information can be found in publication 970 Overview of the American Opportunity Credit for the year of 2018. So the maximum credit amount as we saw in prior presentation is up to 2500 credit for eligible student. Huge amount there for a credit. Remember the credit is dollar for dollar tax back we're not talking about a reduction here we're talking about a credit which is worth much more than simply a deduction the amount of 2,500 or up to 2,500 per eligible student so in other words if we had two students on one tax return possibly two dependents on one tax return we can then have 2,500 or 5,000 potentially depending on the circumstances for those two, which would apply to 2500 each or a total of 5000 Limit on modified adjusted gross income or MAGI. So you might ask, well, what is modified adjusted gross income? In essence, we're talking about an income limitation. So as income goes up, you could be limited to the benefits of the credit. And when we think about the adjusted gross income, we're thinking about line seven on the test hill. Here's our test 1040. And we have the simple single individual. Line seven is the adjusted gross income. And it's going to be basically our income that's been reduced by items that would be on schedule one. What are called above the line type adjustments or adjustments to income. That would give us the amount then on line seven. So you can think of it basically as an income type limitation. Now there's some special modification specific. To education credits, so we would take then this adjusted gross income, and we would then modify it with any kind of special factors that would be necessary related to specifically the education credits. But in general, of course, you can think of it as as your income increases, the amount of the credit that you may receive goes down. So we have uh, 180,000 if married filing joint, 90,000 is single head of household or qualified widower. In other words. 180 is the higher income limitation for the married filing joint because it's possible to have two income, and then half of that or the 90,000 for single. If you go above that, then you're going to be restricted uh, due to the income limitations. Back to the next item: refundable or non-refundable. 40% of the credit may be refundable; the rest is non-refundable. Again, big tax benefit on the refundable item because the the non-refundable credit basically means here's our tax liability so in our example here 20,000 of income 12,000 standard deduction taxable income 8,000 803 then is the amount of the tax you would think that the credit you would only be able to get 803 which is this credit right here which is due to our education credit and that would bring the liability down to zero you would think that the IRS wouldn't allow a refund in quotes past you know the amount that we paid we didn't pay anything in here and we don't owe any tax but if we have what's called a refundable credit then we get some money back or some money even though there's no actual tax and that's a a huge benefit so remember that the the total amount of the credit could add up 2500 for this credit 40 percent of its refundable or a thousand dollars meaning we could get a thousand dollar refund or money Even though we have no tax, no liability, we haven't made any payments, we haven't paid any taxes. Back to the text. Number of years of post-secondary education... Available only if the student had not completed the first four years of post-secondary education before 2018. Generally, the freshman through senior years determined by the eligible educational institution, not including academic credit awarded solely because of the student's performance on proficiency examinations. So that's going to be the limitation of the bigger of the two credits, the American Opportunity Credit. So to qualify for the American Opportunity Credit, it's limited. To the number of years that we can have typically four and we would think of that as kind of like the normal uh college type education the four years there and then if we continue on past that we don't qualify anymore for the american uh, opportunity credit but may still get some benefit from the lifetime learning credit which we will discuss in future presentations but of course if we take a look at the form to calculate these credits it's called the american opportunity and lifetime learning because it's even basically set that way up in the form. Pretty much you're looking to pick up the American Opportunity Credit if possible. If not, you default to, to the Lifetime Learning Credit typically because that would be the order in which benefits would be best. So, note the restriction here is generally for the freshman through the senior years, and this would be determined by the educational institution. So, we would typically think of that as the freshman through the senior year, years for college Determine mainly. Generally, by the institution. So, if we graduated, we typically think of those four years that would then qualify. Then we have another uh, restriction here, which is the number of tax years credit is available. So, available for only four tax years per eligible student, including any year's Hope Scholarship credit was claimed. So, in this instance, now it's a little bit different than up here. Up here, we're talking about the Uh, what qualifies for the post four years of post secondary according to the institution which would typically be the normal kind of college uh, process after high school or the four years to complete uh, the college process here and that would be freshman through senior here we're saying that only four years qualify so in other words if it took more than four years to go through what the school would generally think of as freshman through senior years then we would be possibly restricted by this requirement saying that if it took us longer to go through that process we could be restricted then to just simply four years and that would be the case including any years that the hope scholarship credit was claimed. Next item type of uh, program required student must be pursuing a program leading to a degree or other recognized education credentials. So it has to be something that obviously uh, is geared towards some type of credential, typically a degree. So it can't just be education just for educational purposes, educational sake that doesn't result in some type of credential. Number of courses. Student must be enrolled at least half time for at least one academic period that begins during 2018 or the first three months of 2019 if the qualified expenses were paid in 2018. So notice we have a bit of a timing difference there in terms of are we talking about a cash basis or an accrual basis? In other words are we talking about the time period in which the payment was made or the time period in which the education was received? Typically uh, for tax purposes we're on more of a cash basis so if we made the payment in 2018 you think you would think normally that we would be okay to take the credit or deduction but of course the IRS doesn't want to allow for a large amount of prepayment in one you know in this tax year just for tax benefit purposes so in that case then we have this restriction student must be enrolled at least half time for at least for at least one academic period that begins it must begin in 2018 or the first 3 months of 2019 if the expenses were paid in 2018 next item Fel- felony drug conviction. conviction felony drug conviction as of the end of 2018 the student had not been convicted of a felony of possessing or distributing a controlled substance next item qualified expenses tuition, required enrollment fees, and course materials that the student needs for a course of study whether or not the materials are bought at the educational institution as a condition of enrollment or attendance. So clearly the qualified expenses we would think that the tuition would be of course one of the qualified expenses. The harder things to determine sometimes are the course materials. So course materials that the student needs uh, for a course of study whether or not the materials are bought at the educational institution as a condition of enrollment so note you have a little bit more leeway there because we're not talking about things that are just going to be included as the enrollment and in essence bundled up in the tuition but also we have the materials that the student needs for a course of study whether or not the materials are bought at the educational institution as a condition of enrollment or attendance next item payments for academic periods Payments made in 2018 for academic periods beginning in 2018 or beginning in the first three months of 2019. So again, we got, we've got that kind of timing difference between uh, what do we go by? Do we go by when the payment was made or do we go by uh, when the, the service was received? And basically, we have the payment being made here because in all reasonable cases, if the payment was made in 2018 and the course began in 2018 even if it runs into 2019 we should be good to to calculate the credit with those payments in 2018 and even if it was paid in 2018 and it starts in the first three months of 2019 which is a pretty good leeway period so we got the course starting within three months and it was paid in 2018 we should be able to, to look at it in 2018. If we paid for it in 2018 and the course doesn't start till more than three months out In the next year 2019 then you could see what the irs was probably thinking here they're probably thinking that there's something funny going on there or possibly there was a a prepayment just to try to take the uh, benefit in 2018 and as opposed to, to 2019 and that's you could probably one of the reasons that they have to make this specific cutoff in terms of the timing periods and not just have a cash basis system next item TIN needed by filing due date the filers and students must have been issued a TIN by the due date of their 2018 return including extensions so we need to have our identification number tax identification number possibly the social security number to make sure that we're eligible for the credit next item educational institutions EIN number that's going to be the employee identification number that's going to be kind of like the social security number for the institution the IRS needs to know who we are we're just a number where this TIN number social security number they need to know who the institution is the institution too is just a number they're the EIN number employer identification number you must provide the educational stu- institutions employer identification number EIN number on form 8863. So, obviously, as we claim the credit, we're going to have to say who the institution is, So we, and we need to provide that information, and the main part of that information being the EIN number.